Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a program on the internet. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or you're listening to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's a Duchess of the Dork. She's Ashley Pickle. Howdy, team. Hi. It's good to see you. Thanks. Today is Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. It is 57 days until Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to our good buddy, Kale Steed, at their PressPassSports.com. Hey, happy birthday. birthday. This is episode 1,251. Big show today. Very large show. Back half, we're going to flip the show a little bit. Back Mm -hmm. half of the show, we are going to hear from Greg Powers, our recruiting analyst, to talk all things recruiting in the state of Texas. Our mountain. But... We had a very special in-studio guest, and I don't want to keep the people waiting. No, give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. Yesterday was a very big day. It was. Um, Texas A&M Commerce announced that they are moving up to Division I. They're going to join the Southlake Conference starting next year, 2022. And we had an opportunity to sit down and talk with the athletic director for the Lions. The head honcho. Tim McMurray uh, was in our studio, and we had a great conversation with him. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Derek Del Rio, Aaron Arbuckle, Rob Hadaway, and Tanner Solis. Welcome in, fellas. Yes. So a lot to get to here. Big show, but we we, we don't want to keep you waiting. We want to start with a bang. We had a great conversation with Tim McMurray, the athletic director of Texas A&M Commerce, on the heels of yesterday's announcement that they are moving up to Division One. Here's our conversation with new Division One athletic director, Tim McMurray of Texas A&M Commerce, here on Texas Football Today. Yesterday was an historic day in the state of Texas, uh, as far as athletics are concerned. Texas A&M Commerce announced that in 2022, they are moving from the Lone Star Conference of the Division II level to the Southland Conference of the FCS level, Division I, making the move up. And here to talk about it is the athletic director of those A&M Commerce lines, Tim McMurray. Tim, appreciate your time. Thank you, Greg. Great to be here. Uh, I just imagine yesterday was pretty fun. A yeah. big announcement out there that uh, that you guys are moving up to Division One. Uh, what, what was what was yesterday like for you? Uh, well, it was the culmination of a very busy three four weeks when when these things really heated up because 
you know, there there had been some informal conversations and outreach, really starting late in the spring and throughout the summer. But as it as I would say, more official dialogue started taking place and it became more real. Uh, I, I told a couple people uh, during the event yesterday or the events yesterday. I love the Mission Impossible movies, but I was tired of starring in them with all these <laughs> backdoor conversations and trying to use pronouns correctly and not call one conference the other and that type of stuff. And it was just a, a culmination of a lot of hard work. By and, and as I said yesterday, this was not a just a, a, a dynamic duo type, certainly not dynamic if I'm involved, but <laughs> it wasn't just a duo of Mark Rude and Tim McMurray. It, it takes a village. And one of the things when the Southland site visit team came on campus uh, about 10 days ago now, that they were very, very impressed with and really blown away by was the alignment of our institution from the president's cabinet to our athletic staff, our executive team, our head coaches certainly, and, and primarily our student athletes, SGA leadership, SAC leadership. To have our, our, our top, our largest two student organizations, our faculty senate, our staff council all give you know, Dr. Rudin, the, the blessing to move forward on that is really, really special and shows that our institution is primed and ready for this jump. So let's talk a little bit about the, the, the process because it's not just a snap your fingers, let's <clears> move <throat> to the Division One sure. type thing. Uh, how long has the have these conversations been, you know, even informal conversations, how long has this been kicking around commerce and then when did things really kind of heat up? In, yeah, informal outreach, I would say uh, the, the first one where it was an indication to me that we were seriously on the Southland radar. <clears throat> it was a call I got. Josh Mank and I were actually at the uh, NCAA Outdoor Track Championships, you know. But I, I'd said we're not. Uh, we're in a position of strength, not weakness. It's not um, something we're actively pursuing, but we would be silly to not have a conversation. And and you'd never want to pigeonhole yourself especially in the land of musical chairs with conference realignment now. Uh, kept in touch, I would say, throughout the summer with, with Commissioner Burnett, um, but in the summer, a lot of presidents traveling, a lot of you know, administrative coaches travel. There, there weren't really things truly heated up uh, the, the latter part of August. Mm. And, and on September the 9th, um, Dr. Root and I were invited to meet the Southland Conference presidents and, and athletic directors uh, down in Houston. So we did that. Um, it went very well, uh, maybe even a little better than we expected uh, in terms of the camaraderie and the connectivity that, that instantly took place. And the next week, two, two weeks ago now, uh, the Southland site visit team was here. Mm -hmm. and, and that was a combination of president, ADs, and conference office staff in commerce, day and a half of meetings with various constituent groups. And really, really it was to validate, you know, Dr. Rudin uses the term third party validation, and really to validate that there was that alignment throughout campus. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, some term sheet back and forth conversations mm -hmm. for several days after that site visit. and. Uh, can't, ag agree, verbally agreed to terms last week, um, middle, middle of last week, and, and needed A&M System Board of Regents approval, and so we went through that process over several days, and then um, Friday afternoon, we you know, made our formal, uh, well, 
made our announcement of a formal announcement coming, and then obviously things started to, as we know, the, the narrative started to tell its own uh, on Friday or Saturday night. What I was really pleased with was we controlled the message on that, mm -hmm. but, but it really was a very fast, more formal process over the last three weeks, and that uh, certainly they'd done their homework on us. Um, having some, some background in that conference, you know, I was able to brief Dr. Rudin very quickly and get him up to speed on the lay of it because the one thing we needed to see was some, you know, at least some core stability there. I'm not saying there couldn't be Southland Conference changes down the road, additions, subtractions, but we feel very, very comfortable with the stability of of going into a, a progressive Division One conference. Now, you know, the move from Division Two and Division to Division One um, is is a is a big leap, and yes. and well, let's be honest, it's not for everybody. No. Like like this would have been there. It would have been a reasonable uh, you know decision for AM Commerce to to be to have interest from the outside to move to Division One and say, you know what, that's not for us. Right. Why is it for us? Why why is it for AM Commerce? <clears throat> you know, I think, and you've heard Coach Bailiff say it. I, I really do think, all joking aside, uh, and, and and having only been at Division One schools before I came to Commerce. We, we do look like a Division One school. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a regional university, enrollment just under 12,000, within an hour of a vibrant media market uh, and, and where most of our alums are. And, and I really think it's an opportunity uh, to, to advance our institutional brand. And, and that's why if we were, you know, if we were not geographically friendly to, to a lot of different hubs or our enrollment was only Five, six, seven thousand. You're exactly right. It wouldn't be favorable. It might not be the right fit. It might not be the right executive alignment. But th there were a lot of things between the alignment, the geography. I think our presence close to Dallas and our ability and willingness to invest. We know we've got to do some things down the road. Certainly with financial aid, that's not an option. We have to increase, you know, um, financial aid and be with NCA standards because there's headcount sports, football, men's and women's basketball, volleyball at the Division One level. And then you have equivalency models that just like in Division Two with the other sports, uh, we'll certainly have to increase those right away. We'll have to look at, in certain sports, we'll look at coaches pools and that kind of thing to make sure we're competitive because we, you know, our, our, our current coaches understand that this isn't just to snap your fingers and we have a Division One budget. We have to build to that. And, and that's honestly why, you know, there is this four year um, transition period. I don't like to call it probation because that sounds negative, but but it's a f true four-year transition where we'll have the opportunity to compete for some regular season conference championships and give our student athletes some great experiences and, and be part of a legacy of Division One. But but right away, um, it, it, it may not happen in their in, in a four before a four-year window finishes that they can play an NCAA postseason. Yeah, um, it, it's it's obviously exciting times up there. Of note. You guys are changing conferences for the first time in 90 years. Yeah. Uh, you guys were the last uh, Lone Star Conference charter member. Uh, now moving to the Southland, what has the welcome in the Southland Conference been like? Because this is a, you know, yeah. obviously leaving a, a place you've been comfortable with for almost a, a century yep. uh, is a decision. But what has, what about the Southland Conference is 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 drawing you there? Yeah. Part part of the, as the conversations, you know, heated up and became more formal. Over the last two or three weeks, uh, one, one thing I did, it was for, I'm fortunate to already have known personally five of the eight uh, athletic directors in the Southland and, and um, now have, 
have met, have at least by phone met the other three uh, and had a chance to engage with them and, and pretty direct conversations about stability, about, you know, wanting to move forward together. You know, obviously the, the, the Southland expansion uh, or potential future expansion was necessitated by, you know, the, the five that, that, that left in January to, to mm -hmm. transition to the WAC. And, and so stability was one of our first questions, collegiality, collaboration, and feel really great about the, certainly the AD group, uh, and even next week starting my kinda, you know, in that first year, it's one of the requirements to visit every campus and, and get to know your conference members and already had some AD meetings uh, or an AD conference scheduled in New Orleans next week, so I'm gonna hit three campuses while I'm there next week and those ADs at Southeastern Louisiana, Nichols State, and University of New Orleans couldn't be more accommodating. So uh, going in, uh, we feel great about it. We think it's gonna be an excellent transition. Presidents and ADs both have been very welcoming and certainly the Southland Conference office staff, their entire staff of 12 was it, you know, made appearances at all three of our events, uh, announcing it earlier this week in Commerce, uh, Frisco, and, and an alumni reception in Frisco later. Now, you know, every program charts their own path. Every, every program is different. Um, but this does certainly mirror something that uh, another former Lone Star Conference member in Tarleton has done, where they've mm -hmm. made the tr transition to Division I uh, and now going on, you know, moving on to the WAC. Uh, from your perspective, was that, um, was, that, was that a blueprint? Was that something that you guys looked at that gave you confidence that a type of move like this was, was, was possible or feasible? Yeah, it's a great question. I monitored, we monitored Tarleton's move. <clears throat> For us, I think it's a little bit heavier lift um, because they'd already started their transition process. Um, and, and we just didn't think at the time uh, that that was not the right decision for us. Um, to, to, to go that far. At the time, uh, and I you know commend Tarleton for, for, for making the leap, but at the time there wasn't an answer for what football was gonna look like. Um, and, and, and for us, you know, playing as an FCS independent wasn't going to be attainable. Mm -hmm. Certainly they've done some things. I, I still think the travel would have been a little bit, you know, not, not by a lot, but Tarleton is still mm -hmm. farther, a little farther west than we are. And, and that, that would have created, uh, I think, some unique situations. Tr the transition's gonna have enough um, financial impact. I don't wanna add travel, uh, I'm sorry, enough fi yeah, financial impact. I don't wanna add travel to it. Certainly. Um, now, obviously this, this has impact for every sports pro, every sport here. Uh, <coughs> we're a football show, it's on, it's on the helmet. Um, <coughs> I did know that. I wanna ask you, <laughs> wanna ask you about um, transitioning with a guy like David mm. Bailiff in charge. Yeah. Um, here's a guy who has coached at the FCS level, has coached really well at the, at the FCS level, um, and, and then obviously was, was, uh, had, had high heights at, at Rice, now here in his, th in his third year there at, at, at Commerce. I am interested in in you know if you if having Coach Bailiff at the helm gives you added confidence that now is the time to strike now is the time to, to move up to Division One. Yeah, very frankly, and and it is a football show, and I'll get quickly <laughs> past that. But the <clears throat> one of the first things Dr. Root and I did uh, when this became serious was engage um, David Bailiff, Jared von Rosenberg, and Jason Burton, our mm -hmm. football men's and women's basketball coaches, primarily because of the sports they coach, but also because they all had three have Division One experience. Mm -hmm. um, and all three of them were gung-ho that 
if we have the chance, it's something we've got to explore. And and you know when we hired, when you know Dave and I've worked together, known each other for a really long time, worked together for a number of years, and and when he and I first engaged during the coaching search, um, in, in in 2018, uh, we didn't talk about Division One. Mm. We talked about making commerce the the best it can be, and you know during the interview process, we interviewed um, our our finalists and. In Rockwall, and and I personally drove Coach Bailiff out to Commerce because I wanted him to, you know, I wanted to see his true reaction. You know, Commerce is a small town, and wanted to see, hey, what is that? How does this appeal to you? And he said, we, we can win here. This town's much, you know, better than I was prepared for size-wise. This campus reminds me a lot of Southwest Texas State when I came to school in San Marcos, and. I won't give up Coach Bayless' year, but um, <laughs> but he uh, when he went to San Marcos, it reminded him a lot of that. And we had um, so we've had a lot of fun, you know, building this thing. Um, and as you know, as Coach Bayless eloquently says, uh, Coach Carthel handed him the keys to a Porsche, <laughs> um, and so he, you know, he really feels like this puts us in the driver's seat to begin to, you know, compete at the FCS level. Tim McMurray, the newest. Division One athletic director here for the AM Commerce Lions. Uh, Mr. McMurray, congratulations again on, on the transition. We're, we're, we're thrilled for you guys. Can't wait to see what you guys do. Appreciate it. Congratulations to you guys on expanding Texas football's brand. There he is, Tim McMurray, the athletic director of Texas A&M Commerce, joining us here on Texas Football Today, came into the studio, so gracious with his time, and, and excited to see what the Lions do. Apologies for the technical difficulties. We ran into an issue there, but that's why we started the video. So if you're a podcast listener, ignore this, because I'll edit out that part. But <laughs> uh, yeah, there he is, Tim McMurray, uh, excited for A&M Commerce. That's big doings oh, yeah. up there for the Lions, moving up to D1, joining the Southland Conference. Um, big ramifications there. We will try to... Maybe tomorrow's a Corey Hogue day. Ooh, I like not, that. We haven't had Corey on in a while. No, this seems like... Corey, if you're watching or you're listening, <laughs> you may be getting a text from me. Um, I was thinking, he, he could... He, he, He's got he, some good insight that's a guy. That's a guy who, he was the first one I heard this from, and he could really break down what this means for everyone involved, including the Lone Star Conference. Because I think the Lone that's Star Conference... That's a big conversation. I think yeah. the Lone Star Conference is at a bit of a crossroads here. This is the longest standing member of the Lone Star Conference. They were the last charter member of the Lone Star Conference. They've been in the Lone Star Conference for 90 years. And now they're that's crazy to the Southland Conference. So, big doings there at A&M Commerce. We appreciate Tim McMurray, the athletic director, uh, now, hey, we're buddies with a D1 athletic director. How about that? In our little in our little studio. I want that. Moving on up. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at TCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Pickle, it's time to roll out. The game-winning decision uh, brought to you by our friends at Parker University, Synapse Human Performance Centers, and Parker University's Sports and Performance Center treats athletic injuries and provides sports rehabilitation to help get athletes competing as fast as possible. Learn more at synapsehpc.com. That's S-Y-N-A-P-S-E-H-P-C dot com. The Parker University game-winning decision of the week goes to Flower Mound quarterback, backup quarterback, Kale Yardman, for this play. Oh, here we go. That's Flower Mound backup quarterback, Kale Yardman. Urgent to win. Preston to serve this win 
Florida commit Nick Edwards went down with an injury, and he stepped up in a big way, yes, guiding the Jaguars to a 17-14 win over rival Flowermount Marcus with his go-ahead four-yard touchdown run in the final quarter. Congratulations to y- Yale Erdman, the... Uh, Parker University game-winning decision of the week. Congratulations to him. Backup thrown into the fire. Steps up in the big rivalry game, the Battle of the Mount, and comes up with the big win. Thanks again to Parker University Sports and Performance Clinic and the uh, Synapse Human Performance Centers for sponsoring the Dave Campbell's Texas Football game-winning decision of the week. And now, a word from our friends at Hometown. Fast scans, happy fans. Hometown Ticketing is proud to be the official digital ticketing solution of Dave Campbell's Texas football. Simplify your school's ticketing with Hometown, providing schools nationwide with the best options for digital ticketings for their events. Visit their website at hometownticketing.com to learn how they can make digital ticketing possible at your school. That's hometownticketing.com. It's Wednesday, and here on Wednesdays, we make sure we catch up with our good friend, Greg Powers, next level athlete, to talk all things recruiting across the state of Texas. Here is This Week in Recruiting with Greg Powers, next level athlete, on Texas Football Today. I'm Greg Tepper. That's Greg Powers, and this is This Week in Recruiting. <laughs> it's This Week in Recruiting, and This Week in Delay. Uh, from Next Level Athlete, uh, from our buddy Greg Powers, Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter. Next Level D1C is fine work at texasfootball.com slash recruiting. And this is, of course, brought to you by our good chicken friends at Chicken Express. Chicken Express! It's good enough for the Longview Lobos football team. Oh, there it is. Yeah, they had boxes what are you on better boxes than the Lobos? last week. Last week we were at. I think they've been listening to the show. We were we were listening to uh, we were at the Mesquite West Mesquite versus uh, Longview game, and after the game, Longview's getting ready to to get on the bus, and all these boys are walking out of the locker room with that beautiful yellow box, and I'm like, man, Longview takes care of their kids. <laughs> it was so good. You want to talk about a post-game meal? That's awesome. All right. Let's get to uh, this week in recruiting with Greg Powers and Next Level Athlete. We'll start with our prospect on the rise. Our prospect on the rise, uh, perhaps you heard about his game this week. Uh, 2022 Rockwall Heath running back Zach Evans uh, went uh, berserker against Rockwall, uh, but everybody kind of did. He ran for 270 yards and five touchdowns in their thrilling double overtime win over Rockwall, 79-71. to He's got 13 touchdowns on the year. He's a three-star prospect, uh, according to Dave Campbell's Texas Football, committed to Minnesota, and certainly the future Golden Gopher made his presence felt in their big rivalry game. I think maybe that's a candidate for game of the year, 79-71. Um, man, what a game. And Evans rushed for 270 yards and five touchdowns, kind of leading that charge. He's now rushed for, I think, seven, over 700 yards, 13 touchdowns on the season. Their offense is really clicking. And just to kind of go over some of the stat lines in that game, Josh Hoover passed for 365 yards and four touchdowns. Um, you know, and it's, Heath is a team that's full of top-level talent. Jordan Neighbors and Jay Fair, the wide receivers duo there, both went over 100 yards and caught a touchdown in that game. And then on the other side of the football, you had some Rockwall guys. I mean, how about this? Zach Hernandez rushed for 260 yards, and people are talking about Zach Evans so much, who rushed for 10 more yards than him. The difference being that Zach scored five touchdowns. Zach Evans scored five touchdowns, and Zach Hernandez scored one touchdown while Braden Locke was lighting up the scoreboard with three touchdowns of his own. Just a, just a track meet 
uh, out in Rockwall. That game is just always fun. And I remember just a couple years ago, it was like a defensive slugfest as uh, Rockwall Heath was able to pull off a last-second win. Uh, there they were running like the wing tee or whatever they were running back just only a, a, a few years ago. So it it's definitely changed out in Rockwall County. It's a big doings out there in Rockwall County, and a big reason why is what Zach Evans was able to do last week in their big game. Let's go to our commit of the week. Our commit of the week, I feel like we talk a lot about this guy. Fort Arthur Memorial cornerback uh, Jalen Gilbo. Uh, he is, uh, at one point, he was a Texas commit. He decommitted from Texas. He is now committed to TCU. The number 33 prospect in the DCTF Hot 100 uh, goes to the Horned Frogs. Uh, we've talked a little bit about him in the past, uh, but you want to talk about a big pickup for the Horned Frogs defense on the back end. Uh, Jalen Gilbo is uh, kind of a kind of one of those those central guys that you, you put up. Uh, whenever your press release on, on signing day comes out, he's one of the guys that you certainly put up in the first paragraph. Yeah, no doubt. And he uh, had offers from a lot of the top schools throughout the country. And his top three were three in-state schools, TCU, Texas, and Texas A&M. So that is, you know, a huge in-state victory for TCU. We kind of alluded to this back when he decommitted from Texas, uh, that he had taken in and worked in an official visit to TCU. And after that visit, he decommitted from the Longhorns. And it, that gave us a pretty good indication that the Horned Frogs were in a really good spot to land Gilbo. And, and why I really like this commitment for TCU is I feel like he fits the mold of the TCU de- defense. He's an aggressive cornerback with size, um, loves to press, loves to uh, force action on the defensive side of the ball, and plays with a certain swagger um, that makes him a top-rated guy, but he doesn't get out of position. And, you know, that's a disciplined coach defense there, and I think that uh, Gilbo will fit in there pretty well. Yeah, it's a huge get there for Gary Patterson and company, bringing in Jalen Gilbo, the number 33 prospect in the DCTF Hot 100. Talking this week in recruiting with Greg Powers, the next level athlete here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Let's matriculate to our underclassman of the week, and I'm actually very glad you put this guy on here because he's been on my radar for a couple of weeks. Uh, Dripping Springs 2023 uh, a quarterback, Austin, Austin Novosad, and... Um, He's a guy that was last year was the district newcomer of the year. Um, he's starting to pick up a little bit of uh, of traction. He's got offers from places like uh, Baylor, Texas Tech, SMU, UTSA, Vanderbilt has has offered him. He picked up an offer this week from Kansas. Um, maybe I don't know. I, I I never have a good feel for like wh- wh- who's paying attention to what. That's just a very bad like part of my game here. It feels to me that this guy is flying under people's radar because I think he's. I think Austin Novosad is, is pretty darn good. I I agree with you 100. percent As a matter of fact, I think the Kansas offer this week uh, was his tenth offer, so now he has double digit offers, and I don't think a lot of people are mentioning his name as much as they should be. So I was very excited to have the chance to kind of feature him this week as well. And, and one thing that I noticed breaking down his film is he is a quarterback who plays. Uh, consistently and under control. And I love that. You know, he has that frame, 6'3", 180. When he gets to college, he'll have no problem uh, beefing up and playing 210 pounds. That's not going to be an issue. He has the frame that these colleges look for. But he's super smart and savvy, too. Just no panic. This guy has no panic whenever he uh, is looking to find an open receiver. And 
I guess when you have 10 offers, it's not fair to say that you are a sleeper, but in, in many ways he is a sleeper just because he's not mentioned with some of the top quarterbacks in the country. And one thing that jumps out to me about that offer list, actually there's two things that jump out to me about that offer list. First being offers from Rice and Vanderbilt, which tell you how smart a young man Novosad is. And number two, he has seven in-state offers. So he almost has uh, – he's – pick up a few more offers from in-state schools and he's going to have them all, you know? So in-state schools are really uh, fired up about his talents. And that, that is an indication to me that he's going to be a big time, big time prospect. He's a guy that certainly need to know uh, dripping Springs quarterback, Austin Novosad, a junior this year. Let's round it all out uh, this week, uh, this week in recruiting. Let's round it all out with our recruit of the week, our recruit of the week going down Newton way. Can talk about the Anthony Gatson, their 2022 running back. We sat here on this program and I asked you about uh, – I, I asked you – I was like, hey, you know, USC just fired their coach. Does that have any sort of impact on uh, on, on, on D'Anthony Gatson? And you kind of said, well, you know, a lot of times when coaches – guys fire their coach, you know, decommits follow. Uh, Newton court running back uh, D'Anthony Gatson has decommitted from USC. He picked up an offer this week from Mizzou. Uh, he has already taken official visits to Colorado and Texas. He's got offers from places like Baylor, Houston, TCU, Tech, etc. Uh, D'Anthony Gatson open for business again, and uh, a guy that uh, I feel like going to get going to get pursued pretty heavily now that he's back on the market. And as I'm talking, we're going to see some highlights from his big time game against Woodville this year. And I think it's important to watch those clips because what you're seeing out of Gatson is he's added some size even to an all, what was already an impressive frame. He just runs over people. You know, he is a guy who is a bruising running back. We threw that term out last week, uh, too, when we were featured another big time running back. But this is this is like the one of the premier bigger bodied running backs in the entire country. He checks in at number fifty one in the DCTF Hot One Hundred, so he's one spot away from being a four star prospect. And that was a really tough call. There are guys jockeying for position within that list, and there are some some guys who are having tremendous senior season seasons. And Gatson is one of them. I'm interested to see how this thing plays out i look at uh the texas roster right now and this is a school that he took an official visit to before he made the decision to commit to usc and they have some running backs on that um commit list and on that roster but none of them are like gatson who could be that true goal line type of back to really punch it in and, and be a difference maker when you're trying to score points and big games against top teams he took an he took an official visit to colorado as well and they should certainly be in the mix. And he has two NCAA-allowed official visits remaining. So it'll be really uh, interesting to see which schools, you know, get in the mix to get that trip. Missouri stepped up with an offer for him this week. And uh, there's schools on that list that kind of catch my eye, like Oklahoma State seems like it would really do well with a player like DeAnthony Gatson. So we'll see who turns up their pursuit of him now that he's off of USC's commitment list and see where he ultimately ends up. But there are going to be a lot of schools who want this guy on their team. You know, one of the guys that everybody wants on their team is Greg Powers, Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. See his final work at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. Powers, appreciate your time, my man, and we will do this again next week. See y'all then. There he is. Greg Powers, Next Level Athlete for this week in recruiting. All things recruiting in the state of Texas. TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. Our buddy there. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. And one of those 
is I guess the the, the they sent out the graphic. We should remind everybody that Thursday <laughs> Thursday, making your... I didn't realize this was your professional color commentary debut. That's what we'll put in the tweet, yeah. I guess, have you ever been paid to do color commentary before? I have not. Well, so. there you go. It's your professional color commentary debut. Yeah, that was a fantastic tweet, by the way. Yeah, Katie made crank... You know, when because I'm going to do a game in, in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will just get, like, a poop emoji sent out. Yeah. <laughs> like Whenever I do it. If you're looking to be miserable, tune in to this game. That's what Will would put out there. Yeah, that like Did you see the tweet yesterday uh, announcing that the show was happening and there was a gif of us in the car and it said poor pickle on it? Will really understands, like, Will understood the assignment. He un- he consistently understands the assignment of me being miserable because of you. All right. Well, that's some final <laughs> thoughts for everybody. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Texas A&M Commerce Athletic Director Tim McMurray for being our guest. For Greg Powers and Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Play of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.